Welcome to Dig It. This is the speaker. I hope you're all having a beautiful Friday morning. I'm here with my two lovely ladies. Diggs, how you guys doing? Hey there. Good. <laughs> Feeling scattered today. I'm going to try to keep it together. <laughs> yeah, I just like rolled out of bed and like rolled here, put some headphones on. Yeah, I pretty much did the same. <laughs> right after. Had to brew my coffee first, but yeah, late night. Late night. I know, we're all feeling tired at the moment. Maybe it's a, it's a general thing. How are you all feeling out there? Let us know. Um, what we're going to get in today, we're going to talk about the censorship, I think is a, a big one, uh, with the mass censoring of Q accounts, uh, the death of a judge's son. Corey's got a couple of articles to go into. Uh, Edge is going to talk about Tracy Beans' article about the CDC. I'm going to talk about Victoria, what's happening here with coronavirus. And what else we got, girls? What did I miss? Oh, I got a bunch of little notes here with some good news, too. I got a Flynn update, and I want to talk a little bit about Operation Legend. Oh, yeah. what is Operation Legend? Let's roll it. Well, I'm going to. Oh, you want to talk about that first? Okay. Oh, I don't know what it is. All right. I'm interested. Roll, roll it out. <laughs> All right. Yeah, because this is some good news. So uh, this week, Trump uh, made remarks about Operation Legend and combating crime in American cities. And he said, for decades, politicians running many of our nation's major cities have put the interests of criminals above the rights of law-abiding citizens. These same politicians have now embraced the far-left movement to break up our police departments, causing violent crime in their cities to spiral. And I mean spirals seriously out of control. So Operation Legend uh, came out. It was rolled out in Kansas City. It's named after this four-year-old little boy who was uh, shot last month. And now they're turning all their resources, ATF, FBI, DEA, U.S. Marshals, and sending some of those guys to Chicago, effective immediately. <laughs> So Amen. This, yeah, not just Chicago, but actually, uh, what were the other ones? I think there's a couple other cities as well, but specifically, he mentioned Chicago in his statements on um, Operation Legend this week, and um, so this is to help drive down the crime that mayors, Democratic mayors, have refused to address, particularly Mayor Lightfo Lightfoot. She was not too happy about this announcement. And she threw, not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she threw a little tantrum over it and was accusing Trump of just in short, accusing him of, of going after her because she's, you know, a black female Democrat. Um, but we know that it's the crime is just completely out of control and it's, it's almost by design. It's intentional that they're allowing it to go like this uh, and they're completely negligent. So I'm glad that something's being done. And uh, we should see Kansas City was very uh, successful when they rolled out Operation Legend there. So expect the same results. And hopefully the citizens of these Democratic-led cities whose uh, mayors and governors have failed them will start seeing some, some relief soon in the area of crime in their cities. Amen. Amen to that. I was just looking through Catherine um, Herridge's tweet about it. <clears throat> and she was talking about Kansas City, and they were talking about 
the the murder you know is up 42 percent in new orleans and uh in kansas city there have already been 100 homicides this year which is a 40 percent increase from the same time last year um i don't see the percentage in oh yeah chicago is up uh murder rate in chicago is up 48 percent over last year so yeah i did see i did see uh lightfoot's little thing there about do you see the common theme here as though he's going after female democrat mayors in these cities it's it's so absurd <clears throat> it really well, makes you look like an idiot it's what they go to when they've got nothing else i know <laughs> to compare it's either he's going after women or he's racist and he's going after black people mm -hmm. or it, it, it's really it's really all they have it's, it's what they have when they have no rebuttal to what he's saying because it's quite clear what's going on in these cities. I mean, let's look at Portland. I mean, yeah, let's look at Ted Wheeler's little clip. <laughs> you, you see his little stunt the other day. That oh was yeah, fantastic, right? Did you see the comparison? They oh were, yeah, the, yeah. The I just tweeted that one out this morning. That, that one's absolutely brilliant. He's sitting there uh -huh. talking about, you know, I haven't seen anything to justify a federal presence. And you can see the other camera behind him and they're shooting fireworks and stuff into a federal building. It's like, my God, can you not, like, what, what reality are we living in then? And I can say with 100% honesty <laughs> that there is nothing to, to provoke this. And everything was fine until the feds came in and oh yeah okay and they're the ones yeah. doing this it's like what did he call it um uh, what was it like an urban war zone or something like that oh, but it it's all the feds fault this hasn't been going on for almost two months there uh what 54 days or something <clears throat> i mean they're burning down federal buildings and stuff it's absolutely ridiculous mm-hmm Right, and you know Trump's secret police, the Gestapo. I, these people just make me laugh now. Like I cannot take any of them seriously. And, and these just, women I, that are going there, that are pregnant or with their babies or toddlers, um, I've seen one where a woman is wearing a T-shirt. I can't even remember exactly what it said, but she's carrying a baby and something about basically using they're using their children at, kind of at the front lines to prevent them from you know tear gassing or doing anything and it's it's disgusting where where, where have we seen that tactic used before mm -hmm. i'll just say it palestine right mm -hmm. they love using that tactic mm -hmm. right. putting their kids on the front line <clears throat> it's horrible it but is. It, it, it's just it's so crazy like just watching this and then just watching people try to justify the behavior of anti-terrorists. Oh, I, I saw That's... one. I can't even remember. I think that it was Seattle or Portland. I can't remember. But uh, some official, she was blaming white nationalists like, <laughs> for, for all of the, the crimes and the, the, the riots and the looting and the everything. And she was, she was blaming white nationalists for this. And I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I know every single person in every single riot. But I've watched a lot of footage, and I, I don't think I've ever seen a skinhead in any, any of them. I've seen yeah. a lot of people wearing black and holding Antifa flags. I've seen right. a lot of, you know, BLM people. I haven't seen any white nationalists. Maybe there are. But to say that in general, the reason why your city's burning is because of white nationalists, mm -hmm. it goes against all reality. It's insane. 
It's 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 also because they like changing the definition of words. It's like you look at racists now, right? So everyone's a racist now that either supports Trump or has an opposing view, or just the definitions have changed. So who knows what white white supremacist means to her? Right? Could just mean white people. Yeah. It could, like honestly, that's that's how oh. they justify. That's how they change these things. I mean, if you want to talk about real Nazis real Nazis in America and generally the world, how many would there be in, in, in America? Like real hateful racists with like 12? Yeah, I don't Maybe. know. I'm sure it would be low. Yeah, it, it is low. You mm -hmm. see, hardly see it. There's like, every time you see a picture of actual clans, right. there's like 20 of them and they're all incredibly aging. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. it's, it's just like, oh God, you people. Well, they got to keep their narrative going, and for many who don't research or you know look for themselves or try to even find actual footage, they just buy into the crap they're being told. I posted a good video this morning, actually, which shows you how easy it is to control people. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just like a lady sitting down on a bench, and it's a real good description of what we're seeing now um, with. Uh, BML, uh, BLM, and um, kneeling masks, stuff like that. And she's just sitting at an office, and they said so they ring a bell, and then everyone in the room will stand up for no reason. And then after a couple of times, she starts doing it, and she continues to do it even after the group leaves without knowing why. Just yeah, I've seen that one. That's a really good one. It's a really good one. And every other person who comes in starts doing it too. I would. <laughs> Yeah. I would be the first one to raise my hand and question, what the hell are you guys doing? And why are you doing it? Well, that's it, right? It's just that simple thought, that just simple question. But right? People are afraid to speak out. They're afraid to be different. They want to follow the herd. It's easier to follow the herd. It's harder to stand out. Right. right. As we know, as we're seeing now in mass droves across all social media, right. it's, um, it's hard to be outspoken. It is hard to be outspoken. It is hard to, to be a voice of dissent when, you know, the establishment has one narrative and you question that. I mean, we see a lot of censorship going on. Speaker, maybe this is a good time to roll into the censorship that's been happening leading yeah. up to the election. So, yeah, the... Twitter came out the other day, and I'll, I'll read you their statement. Uh, we've been clear that we will take strong enforcement action on behavior that has potential to lead to offline harm. In line with this approach this week, we're, we're taking further action on the so-called QAnon activity across the service. We will permanently suspend accounts tweeting about these topics and that we know are engaged in violation of our multi-account policy, coordinating abuse around individual victims or attempting to evade uh, previous suspension, something we've seen more in recent weeks. In addition, we will no longer serve content and accounts associated with QAnon and trends. Um, work to ensure that we're not highlighting this activity in search conversations. Block URLs associated with QAnon from being shared on Twitter. In these actions, will be rolled out uh, comprehensively this week. We will continue to review this activity across our service and update our rules and enforcement approach gained if necessary. We will work at scale to protect the public conversation in the face of evolving threats. We'll continue to lead with transparency and offer more context on our efforts. So before I get into this further, what do you guys think of that? I think oh, it's that just more major censorship to uh, 
we're heading into the election. So they're going to try and knock out as many accounts as they can. And they're going to try and make every single person out there a conspiracy theorist. I just suffered through 20 minutes of listening to Bill Gates this morning. And I'd, I'd have to go back and count how many times conspiracy theory was thrown out there. It was an interview on CBS. So this is something they're, they're going to start amping up. We, we knew this was coming. So it's, a, it's very disturbing that they've, they've, they've peaked that QAnon uh, because like a lot of people have spoken out about it. So like, say, I don't, I, I don't care. I've never cared if someone supports QAnon or not. It's never been like a thing for me. You're allowed to speak what you're allowed to speak. Now, I, I disagree with a lot of subgroups in the QAnon community, and Edge knows this. I've spoken out about it. There's some subgroups in there which I just think are just, you, you're going way too far down the rabbit hole. But there's some there that, that, that I'm generally friends with, a lot of them, and they post great stuff, great informative things. Mm-hmm. And to yeah. censor these people, it's... Well, first of all, QAnon, the QAnons, uh, it's, it's not a monolithic group. I mean, it's, it, it's, everybody kind of has their own perspectives. That's the point is to research and think for yourself. So yeah, everybody's kind of got their own different perspectives. So then like that, as you described speaker, there's like subgroups or people who kind of have more of like similar lines of thought or pro, you know, process things the same, that kind of thing, or focus on one particular aspect because there's a lot of, of different avenues to research. So um, th- I can understand that because, you know, I don't agree with everything anybody says, you know what I mean? Like, but, um, but I do definitely, you know, agree with a lot of, of what this movement is about and support it. And, feel like I'm part of it. So it's definitely, um, definitely something that I I think it's an attack basically because of the strength of the movement. It's really unified a lot of people, like millions of millions of people around the world know what this is and feel like they're a part of it and feel like we're, we're galvanized and we have like a, a community and uh, it's more organized in, in a way that it hadn't been before, like say in the 2016 election. So it's definitely yes. a force to be reckoned with. And I think that they fear that because we are the news now, uh, we do have a lot more pull than some of these outlets that are reporting garbage. Like we were just talking about, you know, they're saying everything is all fine and dandy when we're watching cities burn or they're blaming, you know, white nationalists when we know that the cause of this is is negligent mayors and negligent governors and uh, the rioters are BLM and Antifa and people who want to just burn the system down. Um, and the, the, the narrative that the MSM is feeding us is just completely false. So people are going and looking for alternative media. A lot of that is attached to QAnon and and the Anons who are part of that group. And that is a threat to the establishment and therefore to the election. So of course they're going to shut it down as much as they possibly can and look for any tiny excuse to be able to do so. So, uh, you know, I think they, what, banned like 7,000 accounts? Yeah, so they banned banned 7,000 accounts and have limited 150,000 accounts. I thought it was a fringe movement, though. Obviously not, if you're... <laughs> if yeah. Adding, and if they're shadowing... So they, they contradict themselves in every aspect, you know? 
Yeah. But, but it, it is it is scary to say, but we, we 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 knew this was coming. I mean, you can predict this was coming for, you know, five years if you really wanted to look back on it. And we know the legacy media are dying. Mm-hmm. Yep, they, they are. are. They are. They're losing control of the narrative, which is a good thing. And this is actually a good sign of our our pull in, um, in getting information out that they do actually see us as a threat enough to make this public statement. And what's funny is the boomerang effect, because I think actually searches of QAnon like spiked <laughs> after Twitter did this. So actually by going public with your attacks, it only just makes people more curious and um, kind of verifies in some people's minds, okay, this is really something to, to look into. So it really has a, this adverse effect, no matter what they do, we're still going to be, you know, stronger ultimately and better for it, I think. Yeah. So. And, and everyone has to remember that the majority, if not all of QAnon supporters are Trump supporters. Right. So, you know, as you know, of course that has nothing to do with it. And of course it has nothing to do with all these people calling out powerful politicians, all their favorite people, from the mainstream media and their celebrity friends. I mean, obviously that had something to do with it, with that um, Chrissy Tigan thing. Right. She's always, she's, she's obviously picked up her phone and watched Twitter. These people are abusing me. Yes. Well, and the sad right. thing is, is they're, they're lumping child trafficking in with this. So like the BBC did a six minute little hit piece that I saw this morning. Um, and they're targeting, you know, uh, all these conspiracy theories about Hollywood. And um, I can't remember exactly what they said, but it was along the lines of the pedophiles and child traffickers, which we know is rampant. All you have to do is go in to the Justice Department and look at all of the, the arrests and the trafficking rings and everything that's been, you know, See, that they've been exactly. targeting. It's, oh, really, their gaslighting really, really. isn't working anymore. It's not. Right. I mean, when you have Ep Epstein who didn't kill himself, that trial or going forward right. last year, and now the Ghislaine trial going forward, and all of that in the news, we have cold hard facts. We know a lot of these Hollywood elites. We know a lot of these politicians are involved. So we're, we can't and be Nixium. gaslighted anymore. Yeah, and Nixium and George Nader, and uh, tons of churches over the last few years. I did a piece a long time ago on all of the churches releasing their lists. You remember that? Where they were trickling out lists of yeah. um, clergy and whatnot that were involved in uh, uh, pedophilia within the church? I mean, it's, this is huge. I, I think it's funny that the BBC has the goal to report on that <laughs> right? when, they, when they covered up Jimmy Savile for years. Yes, they did. Huh. <laughs> yeah, of course. But see, this, this is what they're afraid of. They're afraid of people that think like us and they're afraid of people that can pick them apart like we can. Because we can. We know these things. Right. right? right. <laughs> because we research these things. But I, I think the, like a, a lot of things that they jump on, well, so you can call them shill accounts or whatever, and, they, and these are the QAnon accounts that have generally make us look bad or generally make us look crazy right and of course we know that's why these are a lot of these accounts are out there for the the real far out conspiracy theories which are not grounded in reality and we know there's a lot of QAnon accounts that do that um 
that's okay. They, they, if, if, they, if they're not sure they can, they can do that if they want to. There's free speech. I don't mind. You can say it. People can judge for themselves. But it's it's through those sort of accounts that they'll pick up and they'll spread shit and they'll say, you know, look what QAnon's pushing, as if we're all pushing that. Right. The, the, the best way to try to take down the movement is to inf- try to infiltrate it and subvert it. And so we've seen case after case of that happening. And um, there, there may be still some accounts out there that are, you know, that sort of infiltration uh, to try to spread the most ridiculous stuff to make us look crazy. Um, but I, I, I'm just a firm believer that the, the best ideas with the most supporting evidence always rise to the top. And yeah. you just have to kind of wait things out because they always reveal themselves, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. So, guys, I have like 10 things I have to roll into. Let's do it. <laughs> did you see the. A little bit impatient, are we, Miss? Did you? Well, we only have a certain amount of time when we still have like 15 more things to cover. So, the uh, did you guys see the video, the live stream of Biden the other day? Not that I watched it, but did you see that at 26 minutes in, there were only 19 people watching? Oh my gosh. So hilarious. Yeah. So Brian Cates actually posted a a little thread on this and he said, you know, Trump just raised uh, $20 million at a virtual fundraiser the other day with 300,000 participants. And, and there's Biden 26 minutes into his live stream with only 19 people watching. So, you know, it just goes to show the gaslighting going on around this and and the polls we know these polls are just absurd so that's one thing i wanted to point out um there's so much news coming out that i feel like sometimes the the good things that happen get swept under the rug real fast um such as in ohio and illinois the bribery schemes with coincidentally both house speakers so larry householder which is kind of comical because he's the Ohio House Speaker, was arrested for a 60 million bribery scheme, plus four city council members were arrested for a scheme to pass legislation for a billion dollar bailout of two failed Ohio nuclear plants. So these people added a fee onto taxpayers' electric bills that was directing you know, over $150 million a year that was supposed to run through 2026 to these plants so that went down then we have illinois comed is paying 200 million in a criminal bribery investigation that implicates illinois house speaker michael madigan and they were arranging comed admitted to arranging jobs and payments for associates of madigan for a decade so those two things went down then we had the uh DOJ indicted two Chinese hackers in sweeping global computer intrusion campaign. And I know I think those were the indictments we were all waiting to hear about. We thought it was going to be a little something different, I think. Um, But they were working with the Ministry of State Security. Two of the hackers also went after COVID treatments, testing, and vaccines described as prolific threat to U.S. and foreign networks. So... I don't know how many people missed those. Um, I missed that, much- but Barr had mentioned something to that effect that the Chinese were trying to steal the vaccine research and development so that they could be the ones that had the vaccine and say, look, 
you know, right. <laughs> we know we released this on all of you, but look, we have the vaccine for it now. So, <laughs> right, right. And then they just shut down the Chinese consulate in Houston and they were apparently burning documents and bins outside and all kinds of good stuff. So, so then Trump directed the Census Bureau to not count illegal immigrants for the purposes of reapportionment, uh, determining how many seats in the House each state will have for the next decade. So he considers them as tourists or here on business travel and that they should not be counted as inhabitants. And of course, the ACLU is already gearing up to challenge this. But uh, it's totally logical and legal in the way it should be handled. It's, it's absurd to do it any other way. I mean, that alters our elections. It alters everything. So, so here, okay. So then Florida Governor Ron DeSantis asked the Department of Health to investigate following emerging reports of coronavirus test discrepancies. In fact, here, wait, let me go into my Twitter. There was just another one this morning. It was like 90 out of 140 something tests were found to be false when in fact, uh, here it is, in Connecticut State Lab finds 90 positive COVID test results were false. Now, okay, sounds like a small number, but it was like 90 out of 140 something. Wow. Inaccurate. So I think we might start seeing more of this coming out as, um, you know, uh, with the bypassing of the data going to the CDC and all that. And I know you, you wanted to cover that edge to bring us up to date on the CDC situation. Well, we talked about this a little last week, but I was reading this article by Tracy Beans and it was great because she um, was reporting on a senior administration official who had provided this information to uh, undercover DC. And uh, basically talking about how the CDC has politicized the pandemic. And I'm just going to read a couple quotes because it's pretty interesting. It says a senior administration official who spoke to undercover DC expressed serious concern about the politicization of the CDC saying, we have scientists who are working against the release of diagnostics that will help heal the American people. And we in the administration are concerned they will do the same thing with the vaccine. CDC has been doing studies and presenting analysis that is designed to hurt the president. They are laying out junk science that is designed to to discredit the president and they're putting out reports that are designed to frighten the American people. They are leaking, they are talking to the media, and removing data from the website and doing whatever it takes to interrupt the president's coronavirus response. That's pretty damning. So it tells you a lot about why they decided to cut the CDC out of this process of reporting the data, and that now that that's happening, we should be... Uh, seeing some real data at coming out of the HHS eminently is the word that this uh, senior official wrote. So we should be seeing some some real numbers and, and get a, a much better idea as far as where we're at. Yeah, you know, one of the things in the interview this morning with uh, Gates on CBS is, I can't remember the lady's name who was who was talking to him, but she said, you know, 
so uh, the Trump administration is saying, you know, that our, uh, that we have the lowest morbidity rate and, uh, or it was either the lowest or one of the lowest, you know, in the world. And, you know, is that, is that the case? Is that true? And he says, no, absolutely not. In fact, we were, we're probably the worst on many levels. And she says, well, what is the truth? You know, and she's speaking specifically to the morbidity rate to our death rate, which we know is all is like, what is it like 99.7% survive this? I mean, it's so small. So he completely bypasses that after making a hard statement saying we're the worst. He then goes into the masks and how we opened things up too soon, but never actually addressed the death rate itself. Just complete hogwash. So <clears throat> we keep seeing this over and over where they keep leaving that out. You never see that number reported. In fact, if you go in to Google when you're searching states, um, COVID rates, you know, uh, cases and whatnot, it'll show the cases and it'll show the death rates and it will not list the recovery. Like anything that is positive, they don't want you to see. Right. Exactly. It's all intended to instill fear in the people and undermine the Trump administration's response to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. You know what though? Did you guys see, because this is something I haven't really seen anyone talking about um, the interview that Trump did with Chris Wallace. Did you guys see that last weekend? No, I was out of town. I was at a pool. Oh, that's right. That's right. All right. Well, <laughs> I it was went on about, vacation. It was, it was about a 20 minute interview, but um, he said something that was very important. It was the one thing I hung on to through this whole interview. Um, so he was talking about, you know, the Republicans working on a bill. Of course, we're up against this Heroes Act, which is ludicrous and insane. And people need to keep hammering the representatives on that because Pelosi's trying to put through this 75 million contact tracing. They're trying to put through all kinds of crap. So Trump was talking about the plan they're working on that they want to put through. And of course, he mentioned payroll tax cuts. We'll, we'll see if they'll actually do that or not. And some other things. But one of the things he mentioned was establishing immunity for businesses over COVID lawsuits. So in other words, if someone was to go into, you know, your local shop and they ended up with the virus, they can't try to sue you and say they, you know, contracted it from your location type thing. Well, yeah, why not? I mean, the people that are going to be giving us vaccines have immunity. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And like he was saying, you know, he said it's no different like than the police force. Like they need to have a, a, a level of immunity in order to be able to perform their job, perform their business, you know, without having to constantly worry about this threat. So what that does though, if they, if they do accomplish this is in my opinion, that reduces, that just cuts in half the concern of, you know, small business owners where they're not keen on the whole mask thing, but they're scared to put something up saying masks are voluntary or you don't have to wear them here or, or they don't want to fully enforce it. Um, but they're finding that they're having to enforce it because of all these absurd mandates and everything, or they're afraid they're going to get sued, you know? 
So that kind of takes a huge weight off of businesses to where now they could potentially stand up to this mask craziness. Yeah, so I, I hope that, that does go through. Mm, well, that would be good. Se segueing onto that, Victoria is in trouble at the moment. We've just gone crazy with this coronavirus over the last week or so. Mm. Um, we've had oh, 7,000 confirmed cases in Victoria now, which is more than half of the total of Australian cases. Uh, yeah, so Victoria's getting hit pretty hard. We're getting 400 cases a day now out of this new outbreak. So we've gone down into lockdown, lockdown 2.0. And hmm. Face masks are now mandatory across the state or in metropolitan Melbourne anyway. I'm not wearing one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my dad calls me every day. He's like, you wearing a mask? I'm not going to wear one, mate. I'm not wearing it. It's not happening. Um, <laughs> And, yeah, our states, our borders are closed. So, yeah, who knows what's going on in Melbourne at the moment. But it's wow. uh, pretty it's pretty crazy down here. But, of course, they've ramped up testing. So there's, there's no surprise that right. more people. Right. Will, and who uh, knows how many of those are false and how many of the people that they say have it are showing any symptoms. I would be real curious about that. Yeah. Because they've up to this point, they've said, you know, like 50% of people at this point getting it don't even know they have symptoms. Well, I bet it's higher than that because a lot of those people are showing as positives that aren't even positive. Yeah. Well, a lot of these tests are showing positive for people that are not even getting tests. We've seen right. that in, in the US. So. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's insane. Over in Broward County, Florida, they're telling people they have to wear facial masks inside their homes you can't it's aside from it being completely insane you, you can there's nothing legal about this i mean and then in kentucky the couple who was put on house arrest with ankle monitors for having covid and refusing to sign papers agreeing to isolation i'm sorry there's no way i would have allowed them to slap that on my ankle i wouldn't have let them in my house i i would have filed a lawsuit immediately it's just the overreach is out of control right now. It is absolutely out of control. I mean, something has got to, to give here. I can't, I can't deal with this any longer. I know. It's, <laughs> the level of it absurdity. Just, it's just going crazy. She's just <laughs> <laughs> it uh, is. You really, you have to, you know, look, this is why I did, I did two articles this week. One's called House of Mirrors and the other is, to the young, the warriors, and the elderly. And House of Mirrors has to do with, with everything that's going on right now. A lot, you know, people are like waking up angry, going to bed depressed. It's, it's all very frustrating and chaotic. And man, you've got to step outside of it and step away from it. And you've got to get out in nature and you have to try to resume a sense of normalcy in your life to just push all of this out and it can be done and it can be done very easily if you just do it. Um, what's happening is people are becoming so angry and, and, you know, rightfully so that rage is taking over and they're in this constant battle of rage now. And what that, that is just feeding the eye. It is just energy that is just feeding into the negative instead of the positive. And so I, I, I get into all of it in that article and then 
you know, to the young, the warriors and the elderly, it's, it's pretty much just a heartfelt message from me to everyone about kind of where we're at and moving forward and, um, and how this is affecting us all. But why it's so important that this is all happening right now, because there is a much bigger plan here. This is, this is a very painful but necessary um, situation, events, transition, transformation that needs to happen for people to um, move beyond the, the falsities and the illusions and the lies in this, this world. And, you know, I'm sorry to say it, but there's a lot of materialistic people out there. There's a lot of people that have clung to the wrong things that have been shoved in their faces time and time again, instead of family and community and like technologies taking everyone away from that closeness, you know? And so it's just, we have to restore justice and start moving forward and creating new systems in a better way. And it's like, we're going through the seven stages of grief right now. You know, I have that in the house of mirrors kind of breaking down where we're at along the way with that right now it's a lot. It's a lot to, um, it's a lot, especially the more, you know, it, it, the harder it is to deal with it. I mean, I don't know, I guess for some people that are oblivious to all of this, this could be incredibly terrifying because they could be buying into it all. And that would probably be a worse fear in my, at least I think it would. Um, but knowing as much as we do is very difficult because you see the whole game. And, and you can't control it. There's only so much we can do and we can do a lot, but the overall of what's happening has to unravel. It, it just, it has to unravel and it has to play out. And yeah. It's the, it's the patience. It's so hard, but yeah, I get it. it it's a process. And I understand that even the, the evil deeds that these people are putting upon us, um, even those can be used for good. And even those can be part of the, the divine plan to lead us in a certain way. Maybe it's to wake up more people. I, I tend to think that's the case. And it is a really messy process. And for, clean up some legislation yes. along the way. Yeah, there's a lot of good that can come from all of this evil that's happening before our eyes right now. Um, and, and, and I hope it's just really a catalyst for waking up a lot of people and inspiring them to get more involved and to reprioritize, like you were just saying, uh, for what really, really matters in life. And uh, so all of that can be, you know, a good thing. It's just the process is an incredibly messy process and it's a tough, it's tough to go through. Any kind of growth is uncomfortable. And I do think that this is a, a growth process. Um, and there's a lot of people who are really resistant to that. That's kind of why you see so much anger and violence and, you know, it's resistance to change, resistance to, uh, you know, it's that cognitive dissonance that can't accept um, the reality of what's, what's, what's really happening right now, which is, you know, this, this deep state, this cabal that is being um, uprooted and exposed and shined the light on and that is fiercely fighting to stay right. in control and stay in the shadows. And, uh, you know, people are waking up to this, but a lot of people are just violently um, 
resisting this reality and you just see it all playing out. It's, it's a tough time for everyone actually. So. Yeah, it is. What about in Australia speaker? Are there people fighting the corruption there pretty strongly right now? Or what do you see happening there? Um, there is a, there's been a few articles of people about resisting sort of face masks and everything, but corruption at the moment is, is secondary on the back burner for a lot of Australian residents at the moment. They're just all worried about coronavirus. Right. Mm. So are you seeing a lot of people buying into the fear of it or? Yeah. A lot. Australia is still very much asleep. So yeah. compared to a lot of other places very much so what is your death rate on coronavirus that they're reporting anyway um give me one second um i can tell you how many we've had in australia which is 128 that's in australia as a total Um, total deaths yep wow that's it Mm -hmm. and people all over are scared of this huh yep had that many people probably die in car accidents a day. Yep. I know this. And you know this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know this. But, oh, um, my goodness. Yeah. So uh, total confirmed cases we've had here is around 13,300. And Victoria's wow. been adding to that last few days because ring has been going up 400 a day. Yeah, well, they have to jack the numbers up to keep it going. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, it seems like uh, their confinement in those towers that I spoke about last week didn't work, did it? <laughs> right. Nope. And you want to lock people in there that they couldn't even leave, see how much that achieved. It's just a lockdown. Mm. Yeah. So, Edge, what's going on with um, – gosh, I can't think of the judge's name now – who tragically just lost her son and her husband was shot as well. Esther Solace. Yeah, this is an interesting story. Last Sunday, a man disguised in a FedEx as a FedEx driver, he shot the son and the husband of this judge residing over the Epstein Deutsche Bank case. And the son died. The husband was hospitalized but survived. Uh, the judge Esther Salas is an Obama appointee. She's the first Latina judge to serve on the federal bench in New Jersey. And the reason why that's actually even relevant is because the suspect who was found dead from gunshot wound, and it was ruled to be a suicide, wrote this 1,700-page self-published book just this year where he described the judge to be, quote, a lazy and incompetent Latina judge appointed by Obama, unquote. So in this book, he makes a lot of sort of racist and anti-feminist statements. Uh, The suspect, his name is Roy Den Hollander, and he was an attorney who brought a case before Solace back in 2015. And he reportedly had term, had a terminal illness. And the, the narrative right now is that he was um, basically hunting down people that he had grudges with. And this, then we got this news that uh, there was another murder that's now linked to Hollander. His name is Mark Angelucci. And he is also an attorney. And he was shot on July 11th in California. And the FBI confirmed this week that they have evidence that both of the murders are connected to this guy Hollander. 
So it, I'm sorry, but this, this whole thing, it just stinks. It just stinks to me. And it, it's just way too convenient to have this sort of patsy like Hollander who just happened to write a book, like a manifesto, you know, this year take, talking trash about this judge. I mean, it, it's, they always have their manifesto. Have you noticed that? Of course. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's just yep. perfect. And um. So it looks like a setup to me, but um, just on, about this case, this Epstein case, it's, it's not even completely an Epstein case. It's a Deutsche Bank case. But so right. the, the New York State Department of Financial Services, they conducted an investigation into Deutsche, Deutsche Bank's ties to Epstein. And they submitted this report citing numerous violations of the bank's handling of over 40 accounts um, of Epstein's. And they knew about Epstein's history. They knew he was using the money to funnel it to his girls and to co-conspirators. They were laundering it for him, basically. And so Deutsche Bank was fined $150 million for those violations. And after that, and the investors investors in Deutsche Bank filed a class action lawsuit um, against Deutsche Bank and the CEO for false misleading statements about the bank's relationship with Epstein, but also about other misleading statements and things that Deutsche Bank has done. So it was Judge Solace who was assigned to this case only days before this shooting took place of her husband and son. There's a lot going on here. The bank has already been lost, you know, $150 million over laundering money for Epstein, basically. And through this class action lawsuit, they stand to lose millions and millions more. And you know how we always say, it all goes back to the money. Um, it all comes down to the money. So um, there's just, th this case stinks to high heaven. I, I, yeah. I think we need to, to keep an eye on it because uh, th there's a lot going on here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I can't remember his name, but there was recently an attorney, I think out of California, that was fighting against CPS that was recently murdered as well. I don't know if you guys saw that, but uh. didn't they paint this on guy as like an extreme anti-feminist? Yes, and the the manifesto makes that really clear. Mm. Yeah, a lot of statements in there that were like that. So it's just real convenient, isn't right. it? Right, right. Mm -hmm. We see a lot of those conveniences. Yeah. Oh, so what's what's going on with the Flynn update? I think Sydney recently filed another brief, right? Yeah, she she did this week. Sydney Powell filed a court document opposing the request by Judge Sullivan um, that a full panel of judges consider the case for dismissal. Mind you, this is after three judges in the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals already ruled in June that Sullivan must accept the Justice Department's request for closure of the Flynn case. And the fact that Judge Sullivan is refusing to do this and mm -hmm. continuing to drag this thing out is absurd. I mean, there's no precedent for what this judge is doing. Well, the Something longer they drag it out, the longer it takes for Trump to bring Flynn on board. Exactly. That's what I was just going to get to. Something's forcing <laughs> him to, to drag this out. He's got to be compromised in some way. But I think that the, you know, the main reason why they're dragging this out is, as, as you said, they're terrified of what Flynn knows about the Obama administration. They're terrified of him speaking out. They know as soon as he's all free and clear from this case that he's going to speak out. He probably does have something already lined up within the Trump administration as soon as this is all over and done. And they just are trying to drag it out so that 
Flynn, in essence, can't go on and move on and do that and inevitably just be unleashed because we know when Flynn is unleashed, just without a doubt, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. And that's right. just something they don't want to deal with. Yep. So it's, oh, it's God. inevitable. It's just the, them dragging it out more. We'll see what happens with, you know, with, with it after, you know, Sydney Powell submitted that, that brief this week. So. Did you guys see the bogus uh, sexual harassment case going on against Tucker and Hanley from, how do you say her last name? That woman I can't stand, Kathy Aru or something? Yeah. She has, she has Adam Schiff eyes. She's just quirky, creepy, weird. Uh, for, for years I've been saying, I don't understand why they keep having her on. I mean, I understand they got to have the opposing side of you and stuff, but she has said some of the craziest shit. And, as in the complaint on the whole, you know, Tucker Hannity thing. And then meanwhile, we've got Murray Carpenter over at the New York Times that had written up um, a hit piece on Tucker about his new home and where he's living now after he had to move out of his other home because he was doxxed there and they kept showing up at his house and it was horrific. So <clears throat> I don't know if that ended up getting released or not. Do you guys know it was the New York times? I don't know, but I remember when all that went down and Tucker's just been the, a target for so long. You can see it, you know, um, of these, these instances where he's doxxed, where people come to his house, make threats against him and his family. And now we have these sexual harassment, you know, complaints and accusations. And it, it's, it's just a pattern. It's a pattern of personal attacks against political opponents, basically. Mm -hmm. Well, it, Tucker's the most outspoken mainstream media pundit there is. Yeah. By, by far. He, right. he says things that we're all thinking and no one else is willing to say. Exactly. He's, he's the best ally we have in any mainstream media there is. I mean, right. Hannity's okay, but he's still reserved compared to Tucker. Yeah, yeah. And Tucker's been on fire. So, of course, they got to try and take him out at the knees. So. And, and he's gaining massive views. He's massive, getting what? He's getting massive views. Oh, yeah. Like, I know. On his, on his segments. Because they're brilliant. I know. I know. I think he surpassed them all. Mm. So, wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. All right, speaker, is your toilet paper shorter by you? Or is what? it just happening over here? <laughs> the other day I noticed I grab a roll of toilet paper and I'm looking at it. And, you know, I work with measurements a lot with the work I do. And, and I'm looking at it going, I swear to God, this is shorter. Like in width, it seems shorter. So it looked like maybe quarter inch, half inch. So I grab an older roll and sure shit, it was, it was shorter. So I meant start mentioning it to some of my friends in there and my dad and they're like, you know, I was thinking the same thing with mine. It seemed shorter to me. So I tweeted it out and tons of people were like, yeah, they're doing it with this product and that product and all these food items too, where they're reducing the quantity and probably in some cases quality of material. And then they're increasing the pricing. Yeah. Welcome, uh, well, welcome, welcome to the Dig It podcast, ladies and gentlemen, where we talk about <laughs> the hard-hitting topics of the day. <laughs> They're scamming us again, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, only, only cutting edge news here, people. It Dude. is. It is. Our toilet paper is now a quarter of an inch shorter in width. 
pay attention. We're being lied to. <laughs> oh. That was that was yeah. funny. Right? <laughs> but you still didn't answer me. Is yours shorter I by you too? I don't know. I haven't haven't been studying my toilet paper. Though. <laughs> They've all recalibrated their equipment. Every brand out there. <laughs> I've got Edge crying. I can. <laughs> I'll get my tape measure. I notice things like this. I can't help it. Mm-hmm. Nothing, well, nothing wrong with that. I just think it was really funny. <laughs> Toilet paper gate. Toilet right? paper gate. That's yeah, right. well, you, you know when our toilet flusher goes the other way, right? Does what? it really? It does not. Yeah. It does? Well, yeah. I thought that that was just like an urban myth. Is it? Maybe. I missed what you said. <laughs> what did you say? Is that the toilet? When you flush the toilet in Australia, it flushes the opposite <laughs> direction. As... No. Hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay, we're delirious. <laughs> oh, we are. We need sleep. We need yeah, sleep. But... I think it's a good way to finish it off. Hang in there, everyone. If you need a little encouragement, direction, inspiration, uh, check out my two recent articles. We'll put the links below. And hey, aren't you guys working on an AI video right now on Hivemind? Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely check that out. It is too trying to get a composer. Yeah, definitely check that out. It's it's going to be a good one. We get, we get into a lot of like current um, tech with AI, and then we talk about the future of AI and all of the philosophical questions that arise from it. So it's a really cool, interesting conversation. Check it so out. It, it, it's a little bit longer than our previous ones, just because we just got into the conversation a lot more. And, and, and this is what we plan to do with a lot of our videos is to actually get into the conversation behind it and then tackle different sides of it, which is good with me and Edge, because we don't always agree on everything. So it's it's good to have these two separate voices kind of talking together, but talking as uh, as a collective group and a pair. So. Nice. Yeah. yeah, it's good stuff. All right, guys, we ready to wrap? Yeah, so. let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Thanks so much for sticking around with us here at Dig It. Please be sure to share this podcast. We are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, And as always, YouTube, we'll see you back next time right here on Dig It. Measure your toilet paper.